0: Welcome to Q&A with Father Jay. This is your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. And as usual, I am joined by my dear priest friend, Father Jay Mello. Hey, Father.
1: Hey, buddy. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back with you again. And uh, I would say that our first episode was very much a success and how time flew by, right, Father? Yeah, it's so a-
1: easy when you talk about
0: something you love, right? Amen to that. Amen. I was gonna say the exact same thing. That yeah, when you're when you're in love and you're passionate about something, oh boy, you know, um, time knows no limits at that point. So uh, we are in the second episode of Q and A with Father Jay, and today's topic is going to be really on the mass. I, I've entitled it "Mass right? The uh, understanding the mass. I think for us as Catholics, Father, this is the highest form of prayer, and we're going to get into that. And so I think one of the challenges I had as a knucklehead Catholic back in the day was not even understanding why we do not even understanding what we do in its entirety and then why we do it and even the how and there's a lot going on right so people can be highly overwhelmed but before we get into that the saintly shout out for today you know we're just coming off of i mean we're still in the christmas season we're just coming off the solemnity of the nativity of our Lord, and we're just surrounded by so many different great feast days. You know, our last saintly shout out in the first episode was uh, St. John the Evangelist, timely providential with regards to starting something that's really aimed at catechesis and evangelization. And today we're going to, we have a couple, uh, actually a a variety. We have St. Stephen the Martyr, who we celebrate after, uh, after Christmas Day. And uh, also Holy Innocence, which is uh, celebrated on the, the 29th of December. And really, when we think about those, Father, the reason why we, we chose those is the fact that those were both martyrs for the church, people who died, of, give their lives for God. Um, and when we think about the Mass, you know, referred to uh, traditionally as the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, where we, we know that our Lord sacrificed himself to, to redeem us and to reconcile us with the Heavenly Father. So... Um, any thoughts on those martyrs at all? St. Stephen, the martyr in particular, the first yeah, martyr the, of the church? Stephen,
1: the first martyr, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, I, was, I was having some conversations the day after Christmas with, with some priest friends. You know, so it's always uh, the question, you know, after Christmas, most priests are very burnt out, uh, mm-hmm. as I was. And you know, I go to sacristy on the day after Christmas, and St. Stephen, I'm like, all right, what color do I wear? This is the octave of Christmas, right? If you're mm-hmm. thinking, you might, we wear white but it's like the prayers we know we use at St. Stephen, the readings of from St. Stephen, and we wear red. I mean, you know, we're, we're celebrating the octave of Christmas, the eight days we do Christmas and, and for Easter, mm-hmm. um, we still wear red. The church, I think this is one of these ancient feasts uh, of, of the church, St. John the Evangelist, the Holy Innocent, and St. Stephen, the first martyr, the first one to be put to death for his faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and this is how valuable um, their memory um is, they're witnesses to the church that even during the octave of Christmas these of days, his feast is right there the very next day. And uh it is the beautiful feast, beautiful witness. And a great witness for, for many of us on many levels, right? Even the same thing that our Lord did. You know, Father, forgive them. Here's a guy they're being stoned and knows he's, he's suffering for his faith. And Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And you know, looking up and seeing the face of, of our Lord. And it is a great thing when you're able to embrace suffering and it with our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um it makes me think, that, I think it was Fulton scene who said it, but don't quote me on that one. Because there's nothing worse than wasted suffering.
0: No, I think you're right. I've heard it the same way too. And I, yeah. I, th- I think that's, you know, uh, one of the things that I do have, Father, just as we kind of speak to that a little bit is, you know, um, w- when you are a believer, and for us as Catholics, um, you know, our pain has purpose, our mourning has meaning, and our suffering is salvific. And to that, to, to what I believe, I think you're right, is Fulton Sheen saying that, it you know, it's, it is a great tragedy when there's so much suffering that's wasted, that it's not conformed to the the mystery of our Lord's suffering and and his own passion um, and it, and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that's, that's part of it. When we reflect on the martyrs and I think, you know, you think about the word martyr, right. martyrdom when we think about it means witness, right. In, in, mm-hmm. in Greek. so we are all as, for those of you who are out there baptized and confirmed, um, Catholics, that you, you are, you know, more strictly bound to the church and that you are to, uh, to spread and defend the, the faith by word and deed. And so these are great, uh, martyrs that we can, um, to look to, to uh, intercede on our behalf as we all strive uh, for holiness and strive to uh, also join St. Stephen, all the holy innocents Mm -hmm. and and our blessed Lord and our blessed mother as well. So father, Mm -hmm. let's talk about mass. I think that one of the the biggest challenges and I'm sure um, we talked about this um, as we were preparing as well for the episode about, um, you know, you were fortunate that you saw, saw an increase in mass attendance, um, year over year for at least the Christmas mass. But one of the things that we've seen in data, uh, for instance, the Gallup poll that, that came out in, um, in 2017, I believe, shows that there's a, there's a trend downward in Catholics, um, in really Protestants, but Catholics in particular, of actually who attend mass. And you can see where to follow along with that, where we just saw the Pew Research Um, study that came out that said seven in 10 Catholics don't believe in the real presence. So I, I, I thought it was, it was important for us to begin, you know, outside of that first intro episode of why we're doing the podcast, but to begin this, this effort to help our faithful, to understand what is mass you know, what are the parts of the Mass? What are the elements of the Mass? What's the whole point of Mass? Because you hear the common complaints, right? Mass is boring. I don't feel like I need to go every week, or I don't want to be, quote-unquote, obligated, right? I want to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. So let's start at the beginning there and talk mm-hmm. about Mass. What is Mass? Why do we need to go? Those kind of common questions. So what is the Mass, Father? If you were to kind of start there,
1: so we can start help
0: our brothers and sisters out there.
1: Yeah, and if we look at the, the word Eucharist, Right, which is another word for, for the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I mean, let's just bring it right back to the to the Bible. Right, mm-hmm. and we read in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter two, verse forty-two. I think it says, you know, the the apostles, they, the the early church, they dedicated themselves to to the prayers, to the fellowship, to the sacramental life, to to the prayer, you know, to the mass, and the sort of breaking the bread is what is referred to as the early name for so now, well, what is that? It's obviously what our Lord gave us on Holy Thursday and Good Friday, right? Holy Thursday, and He gathered His closest friends, His apostles, and and said, "Do this in memory of Me." But what is this that we're doing? Mm-hmm. We we are remembering His His sacrifice of Holy of uh, Holy Thursday and Good Friday. He said, "This is My body. This is My blood, which will be given up for you," right? And so many times we hear him say, especially in St. John's Gospel, that he is the bread from down from heaven, that unless we eat his his body and drink his blood, we do not have life within us. So, but the Mass is, one, our act of thanksgiving. What Eucharist means, thanksgiving? It is us coming to God for that one hour a week to say thank you to him for everything that we have, right? To to offer him our week, to say Lord, thank you for all these blessings. Lord, help me in this area of my life. Lord, I'm sorry for these things I've done wrong. Right? It is our hour that we dedicate to Him. Um but it's also us being spiritually nourished and fed, right? Fed with the Word and the Sacrament. We hear the scripture readings, we hear about our past, about our tradition. You know, and it's sort of the the readings of Mass, I think best described it's like listening to your family history. Like sitting with your grandparents, listening to their your parents talking about what it was like when they grew up, just mm-hmm. on a much greater scale. You know, I, I I wish I still had my my grandfather right to hear those stories. Um, now you hear about ancestry dot and all these other things about people finding out more about their past. They're mm-hmm. interested in where they came from,
2: mm-hmm.
1: their their ethnic heritage. You know, we just found out recently within the year that my grandfather uh, was at D Day. Mm-hmm. We had no clue. We never talked about it, and you know, so like how proud you are of that, or how how special that makes it. You know, hearing these stories about where we come from, who our ancestors, who our grandparents, our great grandparents, people we may have never met. So we're hearing about other people in the faith like us who struggled. So maybe it was like King David who struggled with lust, mm-hmm. who murdered somebody, and yet God still chose him to do some pretty extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were hearing about. in in the scriptures, our own history. The, sort of the drama of of our human nature, but how God has planned through the fullness of time to send his son to be our savior. So we're nourished with the the word, we're also the sacrament. I mean, we come to Mass, we offer God very simple bread and wine. And we offer him this gift of thanksgiving, and then he takes that gift, and he transforms it into the body and blood of his son, and gives it right back to us spiritually feed us, nourish us. So I, I often wonder sometimes, like we know how difficult life is, and we have faith. We believe that God is in control. We believe that Jesus suffered and died for us. We believe that he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Right, we, you know, we have a relationship with him. I have no clue. I cannot wrap my 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 brain around it, how people deal with some of the challenges of life today without faith, mm-hmm. without any hope that there's something more to come, mm-hmm. and so it's it's saddening. It really is heartbreaking when you see people who don't want a relationship with God, or don't have a relationship with God. Maybe they want one, they don't have one. Maybe, um, maybe they don't even think they, so, they
0: they're worthy of one, right, Father? Maybe they, they struggle with that because that's a big part of it
1: too. Yeah, they, there's so much brokenness. yeah Right. Yeah. No. Um, no doubt. There's a lot of a lot of transference too. Right. When we talk about God as our Father. Mm-hmm. So you think of how many people struggle with their relationships with their own fathers. I mean, and, you know, we've done an episode in the past where we've talked about my struggle with my own dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's not easy, no. right? And so I think sometimes we hear the word father and it can just, people have a very tough time with, with God sometimes, mm-hmm. himself, mm-hmm. Uh, and then certainly with his church. Um, and so, so sometimes people stay away from the mass. Um, and sometimes people are just, you know, they're busy, they're lazy, um, they, it's not a priority for them. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the ones that we have a lot of work to do as a church, like so reach out to them to help them to see that this is a priority. Um, and for me, like, I know how enriching, how powerful math can be. And I want other people to, to see that. Like, you know when you're so passionate about something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and others don't get it? Like, how frustrating it can be for you?
2: <laughs> yes. Like,
1: and it's tough. Like, sometimes you want to shake people. It's like, don't you see how necessary the mass is? Oh, yeah. And they, sometimes they don't. And but sometimes you have to put that effort in, you know, to, to get something out of it. I, I think, for example, and I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, to <laughs> um, so where you can reel me back in. Yeah. Um, I went to the first shopping that I ever went to, uh, was the European Pro- Cup, soccer championship final, uh, in Portugal. I was there for the summer and people are saying that they had tickets to the games. It's Portugal versus Greece. So it's like this huge, uh, international soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. And sometimes staying in, they made it to the final and I'm bored out of my mind because I don't understand what was going on at MAM or what was going on in the stadium. I know it's soccer. You can't use your hands you can't use the ball into the net. That's all I really <laughs> know about it. I don't really know anything about strategy. He's a forward, he's a defensive person, whatever. I know the goalie is, he wears a different color shirt and he can use his hands. But other than that, I really, I don't understand a lot of soccer. Mm-hmm. But as I was talking people and they were explaining more to me. I got more out of it because I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's the same with
2: math.
1: Mm-hmm. I think people don't get anything out of it because they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it did some sort of like a spectator and to go back to that soccer analogy for a little bit. Um, we had pretty lousy feet I and mean, we were lucky to get the seats in the stadium. I mean, it was, it was great, but we were, we were pretty far away. Mm. I think sometimes when people come the mask, they sit pretty far away.
2: <laughs> and I had
1: also I encourage people, especially what kids come sit up front. It's like, if, if you, you going to, you know, a basketball game, you're going to the Celtics, you're going to Fenway Park. um, Examples that resonate here more in the Northeast than they do in <laughs> California. I'm sorry. But uh, and I, and I saw you posting about the Lakers the other day, and I almost canceled the show because of it. But uh, anyway, I'll, 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 I'll leave that. You'll forgive side. me. You're, um, Catholic.
0: you're Catholic. You'll forgive me.
1: <laughs> well, I, don't know if I, I, I don't know if I forgive you. Yeah, but that's a, maybe in confession. But, uh, uh, but I mean, if, if you have tickets to go to your games, you want to sit up in the 400 section somewhere far away. Or if I have two tickets, front row or far in the back, you're always going to take the front row ticket. Yeah. But when it comes to mass, we all sort of stay in the back. Mm-hmm. And you know, there may be a reason for that. You know, the Chaos did the same thing, right? He doesn't push himself to the front. Mm-hmm. He kinda of stays in the back a little bit. Maybe it's because of our own feeling of unworthiness. You know, Jesus uses a, a great example. You know, the Pharisee and the tax collector, right? the, the tax collector stands off in the back, doesn't want to look up. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's he's more justified. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Jesus was giving us, you know, an indication it's better to stand in the back of the church but I think he was talking about maybe a bit of our human nature that we kind of keep ourselves distant because of what's going on inside of our heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I invite you all the time. Come to the point, if you've got kids, of course kids are not going to pay attention. They're going to be talking or playing. You're sit the They can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Bring them up front. Let them see all of these things. Let their imaginations be opened by the beauty of the symbolism of the mask. Right? You know, candles, the the incense, the the vestments, the different movements of that. You know, I I love watching the faces of, you know, mass for school kids every Wednesday
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and trying to always do a little bit of a catechesis on what we're doing at math or explain it to them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And when you see them pay attention and focus, it's such a heartwarming feeling, right? Kind of went off a bit of a here, no, no. I think I think it's. About, I think it's know.
0: good. Let's talk about the mass because I think you, you bring up a lot of great points, Father. You know, you get what you put into it, right? And I think a lot of people are, are really approaching it like mm-hmm. as a really as a spectator, right? They're wanting to be entertained. They they mm-hmm. they're really not there to engage because partially because of everything that you said, but uh, you know, a big part of it may be um, also not really you know, it, it feels uncomfortable because you're not comfortable with what's going on. Right. So therefore you, you know, you're going in and you're just observing rather than engaging and participating. So um, there's a ton of stuff I wanted yeah. to comment there, but just uh, one specific thing. When you talk about, you said to, you know, not valuing the mass and, you know, don't have time. And it's like, you know, it's less than 1% of our, of our time. You know, it's literally like 0.66% an hour a week, 168 hours we have for everything else. It's 0.66% of mm-hmm. our time. And yet, that isn't a relation. If you put points, you put less than one percent in anything—your job, your schooling, the sport you love, your relationship—none of those would exist because you're not spending enough time. You don't value it, and I think the difference between an ideal and a value is: ideally, you say, "Oh, yeah, it'd be good to go there and understand everything." But a value shows what you're willing to sacrifice for something. So, Father, let's talk about the mass, mm-hmm. just for the sake of time. Let's talk about the parts of the mass first. What are the for the faithful out there? What are the parts of the mass? When we say that, what, do you, what yeah. does that mean?
1: But yeah, so let's start right at the beginning. Okay. of Just before we even, when we walk into church. Mm-hmm. I think it's so essential to, to one, to get there early,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because mass, yes, it has kind of a formal start to it, but we need sort of that calculated disengagement. You know, saying, look, we all have busy lives, right? There's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. So if we kind of show up 10 minutes late, and sort of like you wouldn't go to a movie ten place. late. But if you, if you miss the opening scenes, like you may miss something essential to, to that movie.
2: Yeah, right? great, and, great, great and the math,
1: granted, yes, it's, it's, it's the, the same all the time. It's a ritual. So you, you know it's going to happen. We're going <laughs> to start singing. I'm going to walk in with my servers. We're going to you know do the penitential right and kind of the readings and go. So I think sometimes people can be, and granted, sometimes people are running late. I get it, kid. But we should always try to make the effort to get there early. Mm-hmm. Right, we get there early, maybe want we'll to look over the readings in the missalette, because you know we want to read them, we want to know what's going on. So, when we listen to them proclaim, this is God's word. Mm-hmm. Right, but we also need a moment to kind of quiet ourselves down to say, Okay, we need to go to the grocery store, the bank, end up practice, You know, I'm fighting with my wife. All these things are in our mind, right? We have to sort of like, All right, God, I want to give you this time, so let me just kind of quiet my heart. Let me just be here in your presence. Mm-hmm. So getting it early and, you know, really entering the prayer and making that calculated disengagement for everything else is essential. But I would say that is really the first part of Mass, is mm-hmm. preparing well for it. Um, so, yeah, we have the the entrance, right, where we we all stand, we sing, we, we are gathered in, in songs to praise the Lord. Um, you may see at Mass on, on solemn occasions, depending on your parish, uh, the incense takes on the altar. You know, the incense reminds us that this is something sacred. It reminds us that our prayers are, are are rising up to heaven, right? You know the the mass is meant to engage all of our senses. You know, sight, sound, smell. And so we're, we're smelling the beautiful incense. We're seeing it. Um, hopefully, the asthmatics are not too uh, affected by it. Mm-hmm. But this was was uh, crazy here. There's actually a couple mm-hmm. people that are standing in the far back around the foyer. Um, <laughs> I like a lot of incense. But uh, so yeah, so in the first part, you know, we, we start with the sign of the cross, right? It's a great symbol of our faith. Um, and then the, the ancient greeting. Here you know, we see it a lot in the, the the writings of Saint Paul. You know, the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you. By right? this exchange between um, the priest uh, who is celebrating the mass and the congregation, mm-hmm. um, and you know, there's an important part here too when you talk about the idea of being a spectator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The priest is not there to perform, he's there to lead us in prayer. But this is all of us participating together. You know, and sometimes I kind of want to almost stop and say, okay, people, all of us together here. It's not just me here. Because sometimes people, you can sense it when, when people really, and, and I had a beautiful sensation at it of midnight mass, and people were really deep in prayer. And you can just, you can feel it, like that energy. Is tangible, um, mm-hmm. but we, we can't go there like expecting someone else to do all the work. Right? Like your role, your actively participating in the mass is it, essential to, to, to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that engaging those very first words, you know, the, the Lord be with you, or whatever that the greeting may be, mm-hmm. and, and with your spirit, the priest that we are, we are engaging here in something sacred, and mm-hmm. we're doing this together. Um, and the very first thing we do is, is we stop for a moment acknowledge our own sinfulness our own unworthiness and, and to ask for god's mercy and forgiveness and we receive that that prayer of absolution in which we are forgiven for any venial sin right when when says, "Oh my god have mercy on us forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life all venial sins are are washed away at, at that point now you know so we can sort of talk about venial sin mortal sin at another time but if we have mortal sins on our soul. We need to go to confession. So maybe part of our preparation before mass: things. Am I aware of any mortal sins on my soul that separate me from God's grace? That that puts this wall up between me and Him. That's what sin does. Mm-hmm. Um, and and confession. You know, there's a, a whole other topic that we could spend a week on. Um, <laughs> yeah, for of, sure. Right. Yeah. With so yeah. So essential.
0: So, Father, in that first part, though, yeah. what you're referring to is is the penitential, rite, Correct, or uh, other also known correct. as the confidior. Yeah. So, for those that when we come in, you had the introductory rites, the, the 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 penitential rite, where we're we're obviously um, offering our mm-hmm. our sorrow and asking for mercy for our venial sin. So, as Father said, and we probably will. We've done mm-hmm. obviously uh, other episodes on True Faith. We'll talk about confession, but um, so we going back to it, Father. The the, the entering into the to into the sanctuary of the church um we we also we cross we cross ourselves right so i know you said you start off with the sign of the cross but mm-hmm. we do so with the baptismal fonts right so we is there is there mm-hmm. significance behind that why do we cross ourselves with that uh with holy water before we as we enter yeah, into the church we're reminding
1: ourselves of our baptism mm-hmm. right our our primary identity co- comes from our baptism we are made sons and daughters of god we are welcomed into into the church So every time we come into church, we are remembering our baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and beautiful. And again, I think so often, uh, and I'm guilty of it myself sometimes coming to the church and you know, do I always stop and think, I, I was baptized with holy water. Mm-hmm. I, this is how I entered into membership of, of the church. No, I think sometimes it can be like anything that we do habitually has the uh, capacity to become common. Mm-hmm. And, sometimes being stripped of all of its meaning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I mean, really try to make an effort every time we stick our finger in that the holy water font mm-hmm. to re- recall that day in which we were, were baptized. Um, yeah, so those introductory rites, what's so important so we have the penitential rite as part of those introductory rites, mm-hmm. uh, followed by the, the Kyrie, the, again, that ancient prayer, uh, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, uh, and then the Gloria, Right, where we are, we just didn't have it the entire season of Advent. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's clear something's missing at Mass. There's this more penitential season, the, the purple vestment, and the not singing of the Gloria. And how great is it on the you know, Christmas Eve to that Gloria sung again? And that, that beautiful ancient hymn of the church to which we are singing for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that is kind of, it really puts us in the, the proper frame of mind. And reminding us this is why we are here mm-hmm. to give glory to God. And and I think part of the struggle for life in our society is it's all about me. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And when we come to Mass, it's not about me. Like, I'm coming here, to give glory to God. People say, I don't get anything out of it. I'm bored. Sometimes they want to say, but it's not about you. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't want to, I mean, it's like, it's tough. You don't want to upset people or turn people off. Right? We're trying to welcome them. We're trying to form their hearts and their minds. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we need to be told not all about you that's right and uh and I, know, sometimes as a pastor
0: go ahead i was gonna say and i think in in your spiritual maturation right i mean as you grow as a faithful person you start to realize right the more that you grow in your faith the less it is about you i mean and that's in any any situation yeah. I and mean, this this you know uh pope saint john paul ii does a great job of this in especially in theology of the body right man in the dimension of gift and i think that's the key thing for us to realize that the, 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 the sooner the quicker you re- realize that life isn't about you the 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 sooner you'll figure out priesthood, the sooner you're going to figure out marriage, the sooner you're going to figure out parenting, the sooner you're going to figure out your faith. Is that it's actually not about you, Mm -hmm. and that you it's often, um, but unfortunately a lot of people are approaching in that way. And so I get it, Father. There's a delicate balance, but I do think we need to. That's part of the catechesis piece is to help people understand. Well, you're approaching Mass with the wrong attitude, right? With the wrong disposition. That it's actually here to serve you rather than you to worship God. And I think there's a difference, a huge difference.
1: Yeah. And if we start off on the wrong the frame of mind, we're never going to catch up. We're never going to end up where we need to be when it comes to the math, mm-hmm. because we're we're focused on us, and it's just exercise exercising navel gaze, right? Yeah. And and it's not all about us. And that it is. It's a great way to look at that spiritual maturation of how am I actually growing in my faith? Mm-hmm. Am I just sort of sitting? For some people. Mass can be sort of like fulfilling an obligation. All right, I went, I was there, I did my thing. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a good Catholic. But if we do take a step back and say, what is the point of all of this? The point of this is not just to fulfill an obligation. Because this was, I think, one of the problems with you know the, the Old Testament time of, of this when Jesus criticized the Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they were fulfilling the externals of the law, but their heart wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Jesus uses some pretty strong terms I'm calling them whitewashed tombs, yeah, right? Some yeah. broods of vipers. Um, because, yes, they on the outside, it's just everyone's great. But he's like, I'm, I'm less concerned with on the outside and I'm just always through things externally. Mm-hmm. Where's your heart? Mm-hmm. I mean, is, does your heart belong to God? We always think, oh, I really want to grow my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we look at a relationship in... Our everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not married, but I can imagine that marriage isn't always easy, right? Um, that it requires a lot of work. And sometimes you can just sort of go through the motions of things, right? I mean, you may leave for work in the morning, love you, honey, yes, whatever, but it, it's kind of just like what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the words may not be said as sincerely uh, as, as we mean them. Um, and sometimes we can just kind of get into the rut of just doing the things of daily life, of married life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our heart is limited. And this is why, you know, people have things like a date night, right? Because they know that they need to give that relationship some real attention. And you can't just go through the motions of it. And that's the same with our relationship with the Lord. We cannot go through the motions of our spiritual life. We we need to give it the attention that it deserves. And and it's, it's multidimensional, right? Mm-hmm. looking at our own relationship with God with one another, our, our sins, our, our sacramental life, our, our daily prayer life, our growing in our knowledge of the faith. You know, we go into a Bible study or are we reading good spiritual book, listening to good stuff radio or podcasts or, you know, what am I doing to grow in my faith? Mm-hmm. And, and I think myself, if people took their spiritual life as seriously as they took their, their physical well-being, mm-hmm. you know, how often do we think, like, all right, keto is this new great thing, and everyone's doing it, or someone's doing technology, like, all these things to make sure we are staying physically fit. Mm-hmm. But we know that all of our bodies will one day perish. Mm-hmm. And our souls will not. And yet we still put so much effort on the things that will one day pass away, mm-hmm. and not the things that endure forever.
0: That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's the most... This is good. also
1: why I say more rosaries than I do sit up. So, Jesus <laughs> promised a glorified body, so I'll, that's why I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get yeah. abs, and abs.
0: <laughs> There you go. In the end, you'll have the last laugh, Father. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, Father, if we go, in, if we move it on, so the different parts of the Mass, when we talk about, like, Liturgy of the Word versus Liturgy of the Eucharist, just to kind of break down those two parts. Right.
1: Yeah. So these would be the, the two um, main parts of the mass, so the introductory rite. Um, then you have a, the offertory, mm-hmm. sort of the beginning of the uh, liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh, but then you have the communion rite and the, the dismissal, or kind of the smaller parts. But the liturgy of the the word, liturgy of the Eucharist, are the two kind of main foundations of the mass. Liturgy of the word mm-hmm. is exactly what says it: we're listening to the, the word of God being proclaimed. So on typical Sunday mass. Uh, we're hearing something from the Old Testament. Old Testament is everything from um, the beginning of of the Bible, from Genesis, all the way up through, you know, all the Patriarchs, the wisdom literature, the Psalms, uh, all of the, the kings, King David and Solomon, and all the prophets, right? So many times we hear from, from the prophets, especially during the, the Advent season, so the prophets are the people who are calling us back to be faithful to God. Mm-hmm. So, always coming from the Old Testament. The only difference would be during the Easter season when the first reading uh, is from the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. But then, second reading is coming from the, the New Testament, um, not the Gospel. So, the New Testament begins with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. Um, that's always the third part of the, um, or the third reading. The second reading is but usually something from St. Paul. St. John, uh, St. Peter, we have all those beautiful epistles that were written. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's all about the early church. Letters to these early communities who are struggling. Mm -hmm. How do I live a a faithful life? How do I follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and put them into practice in my everyday life? So St. Paul, we hear from him most Sundays. Mm -hmm. Between the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, Responsorial Psalms. So the psalm is is read or sung. And, And the psalms are basically this collection of 150 psalms um, that are so kind of emotion-driven, mm-hmm. right? Some of them are just happy psalms. They're praising God. Others are lamenting their existence. They're lamenting they're not feeling close to God. So they really sort of express, if you listen to the words carefully, um, all the different human emotions that we have um, in dealing with, with God and with one another, you know, of dealing with our own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Of, of dealing with this attitude of, of praise and, and the gratitude, um, so some is something very beautiful, but it also gives us time um, really to really process what's being heard. So again, I'd I always suggest get to mass early. We look over those readings beforehand. Maybe if your parish has a Bible study, we have one here that looks at the upcoming Sunday readings, and it's a great way to kind of talk about. So when they're when they're being proclaimed, we're listening to the word of God. And there's something powerful but we're not just reading from some history books this is the living word of god mm-hmm. even though it was written hundreds of thousands of years ago to allow the word of god to speak to us um and yes we have some people like to to read along as being read but i, I think you know if we can read beforehand mm-hmm. and then listen to it proclaimed it's something very powerful Uh, in
0: that yeah that's a great example Um, even practically even practically father i think just for families out there that are listening right that you should to make it a common practice at the very least as a family just reading the gospel before you show up to mass maybe you're reading it at one one night at the dinner table so that way you can just you know let the word of god kind of just kind of work in your heart and how how that plays Mm -hmm. out in your life during the week and then like you said to, to actually listen to it being proclaimed versus reading along and then, mm-hmm. then you, you have, you're more apt to have a discussion of I mean, what did you get, you know, what, what did you hear this time, you know, uh, and, and how, did mm-hmm. you, how did you feel the homily spoke to you in this way? And so it becomes a natural, you know, progression of dialogue within the family home, right? The domestic church to be able Absolutely. to speak about um, the word of God. And then it becomes a lot more meaningful, more tangible to, especially our youth, right? They start to see that, oh, this, this is actually, uh, this is a faith lived, not just done, right? Um, and I think that's, that's key. Exactly. That's, that's important.
1: Yeah, so we hear the the song. Mm-hmm. sung. We all stand, and we're standing out of reverence for for the Gospel, which is the most important part of the Bible. This is the the word, the life, the teachings mm-hmm. of of Jesus Himself. Um, and then we sit, and then and here's where we're just making a appeal to people: pray for your priest, mm-hmm. right? You know, the homily is the one thing that changes, other than you know the readings. Um, I mean, they're there are a three year cycle so you can hear the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the same every Sunday. But the homily um, is what changes each week. So I'm I making an appeal to those listening. Pray for your priest. Pray for all priests. Because being a homilist is, is not easy. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, you're looking most homilies are between 8 and 12 minutes ballpark, I, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you've got 12 minutes to try or 8 minutes whatever it may be to get someone's attention to try to open up the scriptures for them, try to say something meaningful that they can take with them into their life, um, something that, you know to try to bring God's word into very human terms and applicable to people's lives.
2: Mm-hmm. So when you look
1: out, and you've got old, young people who know their faith, people who don't know anything, strangers, people who have heard this a thousand times, and you got to speak to all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's very overwhelming. And I, I was kind of joking this Christmas with, this assignment that I'm in now, Pastor St. Michael St. Joseph, it'll be five years for me um, next month. Mm-hmm. It's the longest I've been anywhere. And I was joking, I'm like, I sort of used all my stuff. <laughs> like I've never been anywhere more than two years. And so you kind of, you can recycle stuff. All these people haven't heard this before. For now, I'm sitting there thinking, you've probably already heard this before. I'm running out of things to say. Mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, in, but the to pray the Lord can speak through me, right? Like how do I take, the, the readings, the the gospel, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our parish, what's going on in the city, and speak to these things and give sort of real, not waste people's time. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's there some things I think to myself, maybe it'd be better if I just sat down quietly for 10 minutes, but it's just sit Because sometimes I, I worry that I'm not saying anything meaningful, mm-hmm. right? And again, my approach is homilies, like, I swing to the fences. Like, I want to hit a home run every time. Yep. Like, I don't want to just get a base hit. Like, I, you know, and then, but what happens when you're always thinking it to the fence? Sometimes you strike out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> praise your priest. Pray that they, uh, it's not an easy, easy task. Um, but that's the point of the hummus, is kind of bring it all in to speak to us. As a base I mean, we start listening to um, some of the readings and we're like, how is this important? Why is this, why, you know, the vigil mass on Christmas? where so-and-so begat so-and-so, you have all these names you can't pronounce, and it goes on and on, working generations from this to that, and, and it's like, why is that necessary? Like, and, you know, so it's, the is, is really, can sometimes be the key for most people what they get out of math. Mm-hmm. I um, really not, because in my words. hopefully God speaks for me, because we just heard the word of God, and we're about to do something extraordinary and celebrate the Eucharist, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think the key for even those that are out there listening is that, um, you know, is it is it nice to get a homily that, you, you know, connects, you know, the the Word of God to your life in a way that's meaningful and practical for you? Absolutely but it's not the, it's not the point, (laughs) you know? So I think a lot of people have used, right. I've left because I'm not getting fed. I'm not, you know, I've left the church because the homilies are terrible, blah, 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 whatever it is. And again, it goes back to that, that, that predisposition, that attitude that you're coming with, that expectation also, uh, you know, a false expectation um, of, of what mass is really about. And while it is good, and we are entitled to a good homily um, as faithful, that's mm-hmm. not the, that's not the point. So, Father, just for for sake of time, yeah. as we kind of we kind of round it because I do want to get to a couple of questions that were submitted to us. Um, you know, if we yeah. in, in, on the, the Eucharist because we know that you know, Catechism paragraph thirteen twenty four says the Eucharist is the source and summit of all of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. right? That the other sacraments and indeed all ecc- mm-hmm. ecclesiastical ministries and works of the apostle are bound up with the Eucharist and are oriented toward it. So, if we you know, talking about what's the point of Mass? It's it's receiving our Lord Himself, body, blood, soul and divinity. And one of the um, mm-hmm. one of the two of the questions I guess uh, we asked about mass specifically, if you don't mind if we can just kind of switch there as we, yep. we just try to wrap this up a little bit, is um, one of the questions from Lucas Alves, What should we do after we receive Eucharist? Should we pray, meditate? What is most appropriate? And I think it's a great question, especially yeah. for those of us who, you know, sometimes as human beings, depending on the parish you're at, boy, we like to fill science with just noise. Music, we can't just sit there, right? Um, but what would you, what what do uh-huh. you offer to Lucas as most appropriate? Or what do you, what guidance can you give him on what to do after he receives Holy Communion?
1: Yeah, you know, so this is the advice I give to my altar servers. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them that they are uh, assisting me and kind of teaching people what we should be doing at Mass, right? So I, as, as a celebrant, I sort of guide and lead the Mass to the service. They're there to assist me, but also to assist the entire congregation. Mm-hmm. Like, when you receive communion, close your eyes, mm-hmm. right? Just stay in that, that place. Like, And this is our, our personal time with our Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes people say, oh, I don't have enough time to pray. Mm-hmm. Like, what else can you do? You're not going to check Instagram after you receive communion. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, Everyone else is getting communion. There's nothing else going on. This is like your privileged time. You just received our Lord in in the Eucharist into your very body. You know, he absorbed it into your 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 physical and and spiritual being, mm-hmm. and, and just to contemplate that mystery, you know. But it's also what is it? The Eucharist is our spiritual food. You know. I, I think to acknowledge that to say, Lord, this is a this is what I need. I need strength in this area of my life. Make it very personal. Mm-hmm. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling in a relationship. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling in school. I'm struggling with purity. I'm struggling. Lord, feed me. You just fed me. I'll unleash these graces inside of me to help me in this area of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, prayer of gratitude is always most beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not asking a for for. We're just saying thank you. Um, but to make that prayer... So very personal but I, but it's, it's one of the parts of math can be most distracting too right because everyone is getting up people are moving around and sometimes people are irreverent right and they're mm-hmm. you know they're waving at people they're, they're they're talking and it's just in an ideal world you know this should be a very solemn time a very reverent time and it is always so if we want to do that we have to guard protect our time so I would say close your eyes put your head down put your face in your hands don't let anyone distract you from that mm-hmm. and this is really your time um, but don't worry. I mean, there's their beautiful prayers. Some of the Missalette, you know, Prayer after Communion mm-hmm. uh, by Saint Thomas Aquinas.
2: Oh yeah, I love that prayer.
1: I love that um, prayer. I love that prayer. Yeah, it's absolutely great, and yeah. it it's just is so magnificent. And it just, it's it's, it's structure and and poetic, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But just any own prayer. Yeah, another one um, too would be Anima you know,
0: right? The anime McRiste is also a good one. Absolutely.
1: That you absolutely. can. There's it, so many beautiful prayers by the saints. Um, and again, there so many of them. We just switched uh, to the Ignatius View Missiles uh, for our uh, Paris here, year. Mm. And it was not just a music book. It's not just you know, the readings. It has station of the Cross and it has so many other great prayers in that book. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think we we definitely have to cover that time and say, um, this is my time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And close your eyes and open your heart to Him. Or not saying anything saying Lord you just entered me this is the closest I'm going to get to on this side of eternity Lord speak to me
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and let him do the talking you just listen right um Mm -hmm. so father another another question here richard oliver said he was asking about the wording change um you know he has some examples from all to many when consecrating the eucharist he talks about obviously things that we're familiar with you know um and with your spirit you know rather than and also with you can you speak to the the that process of who authorizes this kind of change word change and you know, uh when we experience those changes in the church, obviously it can be confusing for the faithful. Why did it change? And you get so used to something, but can you speak to that at all?
1: Yeah. Um I could be wrong, but I think it was the US House representatives who made a change, right? Mm-hmm. So, um getting yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The um <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the the change was made uh by the, the Vatican. Um and so just a very quick historical So, Mass is celebrated in Latin, whether you're in the United States, you're in the Vatican, you're in South America, Africa. Mass is in Latin, mm-hmm. right? And so the words were always the same. So after the council, when there was this push to have more of the mass said in the vernacular or the local language, mm-hmm. uh, some of the translations were done very quickly. And, you know, when we rush things sometimes, it's not always done well. And so when the priest would say, dominus probitum, the Lord be with you, people would respond in Latin, et cum tuo and with your spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that was translate, well, we don't really speak that way, so let's just say, and also with you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I understand the, the mentality behind that, let's just kind of speak the way we would speak today. But one of the arguments against that is, well, what if we translated Shakespeare? If we translated Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. to the way we speak today? Oh, well, Shakespeare wouldn't be Shakespeare. We would strip we would it of some of its natural beauty, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when we look at some of the way things were, were written or spoken in that time frame, make it unique. Um, and so I understand both sides of the argument. Anyway, so a number of years ago, a lot of the bishops were um, saying, you know, we need to revisit this and say, are we really being faithful to the translation of of the sacred text? Or do we just kind of change them at wind here? Um, and so it once confused a lot of people, I think it was, what, 2011, 2012, uh, that the new Missal came out. Um, and so there were some changes for the people. Most of them were changes for the priests. A lot of the prayers have changed. Um, the one that you said it was Richard who uh, ask the question,
2: yeah.
1: you know, we used to say, we'll be given up for all, now we say for many. Mm-hmm. Well, the Latin text is for many. And so, the change to all was sort of the innovative one that came up 50 years ago. So for 19th centuries, you're saying, we'll be given up for, for many, for multi in Latin. And to go back to the many, it is be more faithful to the original text itself. Now, certainly understand the the question, right? It seems like we were saying Christ died for all. Now we're saying Christ died for many, or, mm-hmm. or He made the sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's like Christ says many times, "Many are called, few are chosen." Separation of the goats and the sheep. <laughs> it is we who will choose. we want to follow Him? We want to be faithful to Him. That's right. Jesus does not. He invites all of us, right? Um, all are invited. Right? Um, and so often that gets sort of hijacked to all are welcome. Yes, mm-hmm. we are welcome in the sense that Christ has invited us, but on his terms. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. know, it's gonna, it is not kind of, you to us, yes, we're all broken. None of us are are, are perfect. We're all sinful. We, we've all work in progress. But he invites us to conform our life to his gospel. Mm-hmm. And so often, one of the things that we see in our culture is people want to. Change the church into their own image, like they want the church to change to accommodate them. That's right. And there, some of us like, I, I want to recognize my own life. I don't need the church to change to conform to my vision. I need to conform my life to what the church is teaching me to do. The church is our mother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when we see this all over society, but I don't want to get off on a yeah, a no, there. that's a yeah, it's a uh, great, that's, that's a great point. So that's the reason for. Uh, for two of those um, changes, the uh, and with your spirit and will be said for many is it's going back to the original Latin text which the church used for for centuries and to say it was translated incorrectly in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. There was a whole commission uh, that gathered both Clara um, and the congregation for the celebration of sacrament in Rome, and they had experts, linguists, theologians. Cardinal bishops working on this uh, for a long time uh, with the individual text, and then it was approved by the, the Vatican and implemented, and I want to say it was Advent 2012, but it may, maybe it's 2011, I don't remember the exact year.
0: So that's good. I mean, really, if we were to just kind of summarize it, just to answer Richard's okay. question, it's, it's actually, um, these changes are essentially getting us to a more faithful translation to the text in its original yep. form. And um, I think it was a was uh, great explanation. So, Father, just the last thing because we are um, running short on time here is really the final blessing. Um, and I think this is something I know I'm very called to uh, help educate people on is because there's there's there, there are those that tend to uh, to leave after receiving Holy Communion when it, when in Mass, but really it, the final blessing is um, the end of the liturgy. Is that correct, Father?
1: Uh, well, yes, yeah, the priest gives a blessing, mm-hmm. which is, why would we not want to receive a blessing, right? We're receiving, mm-hmm. we're blessing in our life, we're seeking communion, the the Lord says, again, heaven that we've just celebrated, I think we've just experienced, we're, we're bringing it to completion, and then hearing that command, mm-hmm. go forth, the mass has ended. Mm-hmm. is ended. Some things go back to your everyday life as if nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. Go forth and, and proclaim the gospel. Be a witness of what it is that you have just Seen, heard, and experienced. Go out and share your faith, live your faith. You realize we come here, we call the Eucharist in the, the summit. Mm-hmm. It is the source in which we derive our relationship to our Lord. We're strengthened by the Eucharist. That we're we're fed by Him, the source of our life, so that we can go out into the world and, and live good, holy, faithful lives on our journey to to the summit, which is heaven itself. And then the Eucharist is that foretaste of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I would say, as I said at the beginning. Um, you know, we don't just we don't leave immediately after, like you know, so often. And this is a practice that has really fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And so much it, I didn't even knew about it until I went to though. Yeah. Like now, go before the mass ended, I go to leave, and then when I was in college, everyone knelt down. Yeah, like what are they doing? <laughs> <clears throat> the prayer after mass, you know, just saying a prayer of Thanksgiving. Just again, that your own personal prayer, mm-hmm. something so beautiful. Like, why would we not want to? We're always in such a rush. Mm-hmm. And I think mass invites us to slow down, to say our cell phone, the groceries, we'll all still be there, mm-hmm. but let's just, let's not rush this time. And so when we just take that time after mass has ended, to kneel down, after the priest has exited, <coughs> excuse me, to, you know, again, grab it in the left, use one of the ancient prayers of the church, to so something we'll kneel down and say, Jesus, thank you for this experience. In, in some sense it's really just common courtesy good manners mm-hmm. he, you've just been given this great gift now we say thank you mm-hmm. um, and so that I, I'd encourage people get there early few minutes stay late another minute i mean those four minutes will be much better than four minutes scrolling through google or youtube or or getting into oh, getting to the
0: crazy parking lot right to be fair yeah so definitely <laughs> so so speaking of final <laughs> blessing father um, before we give our show notes can you go ahead and uh, or reminders at the end of the show can you go ahead and give us your your blessing
1: for the intercession of our blessed mother St. Joseph and St. Michael the archangel and almighty God bless each of you who are listening in the name of the Father the Son, Son the and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Okay. amen
0: well thank you father I appreciate you uh joining me again on another Q&A with Father Jay. And for the listeners out there, we invite you to participate, to engage, send an email to info at johnsablon.com, or you can also find uh, Father Jay Mello on his handles at Father Jay Mello or myself, John J. Sablon. And until next time, we ask that y'all get holy or die trying and have a, uh, a blessed day. And we look forward to joining you again on Q&A with Father Jay. God bless.